Let's go in our Bibles tonight to Mark chapter 16. And I've got some very exciting things to share. We're going to continue on with our series that we've been doing, uh, talking about the, the, the walking in the manifest presence of God, walking in the presence of God. And we have been seeing and learning some very powerful things in the last few weeks because I believe God wants to move. I believe God wants to do some things. And, uh, I, and, and he's looking for us to get full of him. He's looking for people who are going to get full of God and, and, and who become to get full of the word of God and full of the presence of God and full of the power of God. And we saw some examples with Stephen uh, and, and how God began to move through his life. See, we're living in an exciting time. We're living in the time when, when God is getting ready to move in an amazing way in the church. And uh, I believe that as we, we fill our hearts with the word of God, as you listen to the word of God and get stirred up in some areas, I believe God's going to be able to uh, really raise the level of your expectation. And, and stir your spiritual life in, in, in wonderful ways. So I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk tonight about the miraculous. We're going to start to talk about signs and wonders. And uh, it's going to stir you up. It's going to stir you up. See, for too long, the, the, the parts of the world, especially uh, like Europe and the UK, have not had much of the, the manifestation of the miraculous power of God. But uh, I believe I believe we're going to start seeing more of it. I believe not just we're not just going to hear things happening on other parts of the world and other parts of of the planet. And praise God that it's happening there. But we're going to start to experience and walk in some things in the UK. And it is time, I believe, for miraculous ministry. It's time for some of the, the manifestations of working of miracles and the manifestation of faith and, and the gifts of healings to begin to increase in the UK and across Europe and in other countries. God wants to move in these areas. So we're going to look at some things from the Word of God tonight concerning signs and wonders. And it's going to stir you up. But I'm also going to look at some, some factors that I believe are, are connected to whether we're going to be able to step into some of these things. And, 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 and some of these things, you know, maybe we haven't seen them quite in the light that we're going to. But I'm going to go through a number of different points of things that are directly connected in the Bible to the supernatural and to the miraculous. So we're going we're gonna to start in Mark 16 first. Mark chapter 16. Uh, just the last part of this, Mark chapter 16, uh, in verse 19 and 20, and verse 20 is the one that I really want to focus on. So it says this, so then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. This is right after Jesus. He's been raised from the dead. That's a miracle in itself. You know, the, the, everything in the Bible, there, there's so many miracles, the supernatural power of God. And, and, and the church was birthed in the supernatural. The, the, everything, Jesus born of a virgin, you know, and, and then raised from the dead. And then right in this verse, we've just read about a miracle. You don't even realize it. Mark 16 and verse 19 says, after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven. And the Bible tells us in, in places like Acts that he ascended and they saw him going up into heaven and going into the clouds. That's a miracle. The Bible is full of the miraculous. And, and that's why the first part is we talk about this. I want to stir your heart. I want to raise the level of your expectation for, for, for God to begin to move. Too often we limit. We limit God. We limit what God can do because, you know, we think, oh, well, you know, I just don't see how that can happen. And people, people have tried to go through the Bible and remove the miraculous or explain it away. They've tried to kind of fit it into natural law. But <laughs> God's not limited by natural law. God is not limited by natural law at all. He can, if he needs to in any way, he can supersede the natural law. And he has done many times. And it's time that we begin to take off the limitations that we place on him in our own thinking. Well, you see, very often what God can do in your life is, is, is affected by whether you limit him or whether you begin to believe that he can do things. And so many people are just, they, 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 you know, they, they, they stuck on whether God can pay their bill and help them pay their bill and provide the money to, to get them through the end of the month. Hey, and that's great. God can do that. 
But there is a much there is a much greater realm of the move of the Spirit of God and the miraculous that we can we can step into and the church can tap into and we can begin to experience and walk in. So tonight I'm going to raise your vision. I'm going to raise your vision and increase your expectation for the miraculous. Is, and like I said, in countries like the UK and in countries like Europe, supernatural ministry has been held back for decades. And there's reasons for that. As I go through some things, I'm going to show you a couple of points as to, as to why it's not been happening. And, and I'm not going to cover everything, but some of the things I'm going to say to you tonight will open your eyes. And as we begin to get these things sorted out and get a walk in these areas, I believe there's going to be a, an increase of the rise of the miraculous. Legs are going to grow out. People are going to get out of wheelchairs. That's, that's he, in the area of healing. There's many more areas of the miraculous. So, so just open your hearts. Connect up with me. Believe God that we're going to get some things said and, and, and say it the way we need to say it tonight. Because uh, I, 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 this is going to stir your heart. Now let's look at the verse. It's still up on the screen there. Verse, I read verse 19. Jesus ascended up into heaven. In front of their eyes, they watched him go up. That's a miracle. That's the supernatural. And people, people, people just, that, their mind can't comprehend that. They think, yeah, I just don't see how that could happen. This, this, this is why. This is why we don't. We, we, we limit God so often to natural law and to what we think can happen. Now, I'm going to talk about some of the miracles in the Bible in a minute. You're going to see it just goes against natural law. It, it, it's higher. God is not bound by the laws of the nature. He created this planet. He created the natural laws. But he's not bound by them. He's, God, God holds the universe in his hand because he's the creator. He is almighty. And the beauty of it is, is not only is he that big and powerful, but he loves you and he cares about you. That's why the psalmist spoke out, what is man that you are so mindful of him? Because he's awesome. And yet he cares about us and loves about us. And you see, he cares about helping you pay your bills. But there's so much more they can begin to step into. There's so much more. The enemy has bound people. And I'm going to be bold with saying some things tonight. And you'll make, it'll make sense later when I get to one of the points I'm getting to. But you see, you see even within the church, People have tried to limit what God can do and what God wants to do. People have tried to tried to glorify sickness and tried to glorify death and the things that the enemy has done in people's lives and tried to make it sound like these things are for the glory of God and that God wants people in these conditions. And, and, and I'm going to boldly declare that God is the healer. God wants to set people free. There are people who's, who who's have bra had brain damage. There are people whose minds have been damaged or even born that way. Whether it's for an accident or they were born that way. The power of God is going to hit some of these people and their minds are going to become normal. Their brains. Brain is a physical organ. It can be healed. <laughs> you just begin to, begin to realize that God is, God wants to do this and he's getting ready to. I'm still trying to get to my verse, so let's read this. <laughs> Mark chapter 16 and verse 20 says this, and they went out. See, Jesus has just given them the great commission. Go preach. So they go out. They went out and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. Signs. That's the miraculous. And very often in the Bible, you'll hear it talk about signs and wonders and miracles. These are the kind of terms. So we're going to talk a bit about that. The Bible, the, you know, I said this in the last few weeks. The Sorry, Christianity is not just a, a philosophy. It is not just a moral code. Yes, it includes morals, but it, that's not all there is to it. Christianity is not just us serving a God who never shows up. This, this is why many people, their prayer lives, they, they've just never experienced God show up. And that's why they think maybe God still wants me to be sick. Because they've never experienced God showing up in their lives. You see, God wants to. God wants to show up. He wants to demonstrate himself. And in the, even in the Old Testament, you see God visibly manifest himself amongst his people. And as, as we begin to get people who get so close to God and we tap into God and we get full of the word and full of the spirit and full of faith and full of power, we're going to begin to experience God showing up. 
<laughs> God's showing up in, 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 in the natural world. We're going to see God move, do things. There's going to be times that your mind's going to go, whoa. Because it's beyond our imagination. Get ready for it. Let's begin to expect these things. Christianity is not just a moral code or philosophy. And it's not just going through the motions of going to church and a one-sided relationship serving a distant God. Christianity is a very real, living, powerful relationship with a very real, living, powerful God. And he wants to get involved in our lives. He promises in his word to actually get involved. And so as I teach about this, start increasing your expectancy. Let the word of God birth faith on the inside of you as you begin to realize and begin to believe that God can show up. You know, throughout the Bible, the whole Bible, there's miracle after miracle after miracle. Even the New Testament, the church was birthed. It was born in the miraculous. Right? From the virgin birth to the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. to the, at, at the start of the book of Acts, Acts starts with Jesus ascending up into heaven right in front of their eyes. This is the supernatural. These are signs. These are wonders. The church was birthed in the supernatural and throughout Acts. I'm going to read you scriptures, miracles, signs, wonders. It, it, it was the norm, normal way of life for these people. Angels showing up when they were in prison, chains just falling off their hands. And so they can get free out of prison. That's not natural. That's not normal. You see, people, people look at that and think, oh, I, I just think that's a bit far-fetched. And that's why it doesn't happen in your life. We've got to decide as Christians whether we believe in the supernatural, whether we believe in the miraculous, whether we believe in God actually showing up. See, I've titled this series, uh, today's one is With Signs Following, but the series I'm doing is God's Dwelling Place. That's you and me. We are God's dwelling place. And I've also titled it the phrase, walking in the reality of God's presence or God's indwelling presence. I'm not just talking the doctrine and the theory of God in us in this series. I'm, I'm looking at the practical side of it. What's going to happen when we begin to realize God really is in me and God really can flow through my life if I will take the time to saturate myself in his presence? Throughout, I've said this in the last few weeks. Throughout history, when you get people who get full of God, when you get people who, who get filled with the presence of God, God begins to move through their lives and demonstrate himself and show up. Miracles. Jesus raised the dead. Jesus walked on water. <laughs> we hear, sometimes we hear this so, so often. We hear this so many times. It just becomes almost like we become dull and cold to this. <laughs> he turned water into wine. What, 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 I don't know. I don't know what exactly happened there. But by what we know these days about the chemical structure of things, Jesus, uh, that miracle must have changed the very chemical structure of that water. It didn't just taste like wine. It became wine. That's like Moses' rod. Moses throws his, his wooden rod down on the ground. The next thing you know, you know, it's a serpent. A living creature comes, turns the wood into a living being. Not a human being, but a living creature. That must have required the changing of the chemical structure, the very atomic nature of that thing. In just a moment, it happened. God's power was able to do it like that. And then Moses reached out, picks it up, and it turns back into wood. <laughs> that wasn't an optical illusion. See, people explain these things away. They, they try to come up with ways. They try to, you see, they, they try to take the supernatural out of the Bible. And, and that's because natural men, in their natural minds, that cannot see beyond natural law and the natural realm, they, they don't want to believe in these things. Yeah, even to be a Christian, you've got to believe in the supernatural. Because the Bible says that in order to be saved in Romans 10, that we, we, we declare Jesus as Lord of our lives. But it also says that we believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead. That's a miracle. In other words, you, in order, just coming into Christianity, your very first prayer into Christianity is confidence and belief in a miracle. And at that moment when you receive Jesus, you receive the very first miracle in your life. You become born again. God recreates your spirit, pulls you out of the kingdom of darkness and transfers you into the kingdom of light. 
You've already had a miracle in your life if you're a Christian. You'll say, oh, I just can't get a miracle. You've already had one. You just haven't realized it. <laughs> you see, but God wants to do more. This, the miraculous in the book of Acts was normal. This was their normal way of life. She, they, they, there's people that say, oh, you see, yeah, but th those things passed away. You've got no evidence for that whatsoever. Right from the beginning of the Bible, God moved. What makes you think for thousands of years, all through the Old Testament, all and into the New Testament, God moves in the supernatural and then suddenly he just decides, I don't feel like doing that anymore. See, it's because, it's because people have tried to, to, to limit God and to take the church out of these things. The enemy doesn't want a church operating in the supernatural. The enemy doesn't want a church that's walking this close to God. And he has tried to spread lies. He has tried to spread lies. And he's even used people within the church to try to say God doesn't do these things anymore. The miraculous has passed away. The supernatural people even say tongues has passed away. And, and prophecy, people say all kinds of things. But it's not true. Hasn't passed away. God's still ready to move. He's still ready to do these things. And, 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 and we're going we're gonna to walk in and experience even more of it. Think about the miracles in the Bible. Like I said, I'm just uh, just introducing and stir you up a little bit about the miraculous. And then we're going to start to look at some of the factors, especially in the book of Acts, that affected walking in the miraculous. And maybe some pennies are going to drop as to why we're not experiencing it. I've seen a few things even in my studies. And I'm like, wow, I never made that connection to the miraculous before. I didn't even realize that particular thing was connected to, to experiencing the miraculous. But throughout the Bible, he split the Red Sea. Split the Red Sea. Fire. Elijah called fire down from heaven. Can you imagine being there and seeing that? That wasn't just a lightning bolt. That was fire. That was supernatural fire coming from God. The three Hebrew children. They were thrown in a fire. The burning fire. The fire was so hot that the Bible says that the, the, the soldiers who threw them in were destroyed. They got burnt up instantly like that. And that here, here you go, God, the supernatural protects them. And the three Hebrew children, they didn't even get touched by the fire. They didn't even get a, they, they, they didn't even get a slight little burn on them. Bible says they came out and not even their clothes smelt of, of, of smoke. This is the God we serve. This is the Bible. You see, this is why I say the Bible is not just a moral code and Christianity is not just a moral code. We serve a supernatural God. We serve a God who can do things beyond the imagination. The whole ministry of Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit was in demonstration. Throughout the book of Acts, the power of the Holy Spirit was in demonstration. And God wants, to, wants us to begin to experience and walk in these things. Don't limit God, though, to natural law. If you look at things and say, I just don't see how that can happen. Well, then, the, the, you see, the, the, you need to expand your vision. You need to begin to begin to realize God's not limited by these things. And begin to realize there's so much more. Let's, let's look at some things here. Let's talk about, let's look at a few scriptures. And, and, and the, first, the first, first point I'm going to make, I, I want us to go to Acts chapter, Acts chapter 5. Acts chapter 5 and verse 12. I'm trying to put these scriptures up so because I want you to see the word for yourself. Acts chapter 5 and verse 12 says, And through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. Notice that. How did the miracles happen? See, people think, you know, people these days think God's just going to show up and do a miracle. And, and, and if God's going to do miracles, it's just going to randomly happen somewhere. But I want you to notice throughout the Bible, how did miracles happen? They happened through people, vessels. God used individuals. God used his people. Here we see through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done. Look at Acts chapter 19. It says, now God worked unusual miracles. There's no full stop there. God used, he worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul. He was the vessel. He was the one God flowed through. He was the one God used in that situation. You see, some people read these scriptures and say, oh, but that was just the apostles. And yes, yeah, that was just Paul, you know. Well, what about Stephen? We've already mentioned Stephen in this series. Stephen wasn't an apostle. He was a helps minister. There's no evidence whatsoever he ever became a leader. He was, put, he was put into helps ministry. The next thing you know, he got killed. 
I'm not laughing that he got killed. I'm laughing at the fact that people think these things only happen through, through the apostles or the leaders. See, this is wrong thinking about the Bible. Stephen, Acts chapter 6, verse 8, Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and signs among the people. Notice again, the vessel, the vessel. These things happen through people. And it's no coincidence that this verse says, and Stephen, comma, full of faith and power. It's what we talked about. Did great wonders and signs among the people. There's a key right there. You want God to flow through your life. You want the supernatural to begin to happen and things. You've got to get full of the word and full of faith and full of power. You see, God didn't limit it. Look at Mark 16. We read verse 20 and 21. Look at verse 17. It says this. It says, and these signs, we've heard this verse, but this needs to sink in. This needs to become reality. This needs to become something that we begin to realize this is real. These signs will follow the apostles only. No, no, no. Those who believe. That's you. That's me. Do you honestly believe that the supernatural can begin to flow through your life? Do you honestly believe that God, that if you get full of God, see the Bible teaches, and it's just a few verses after this, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. The power of God, the power of the Holy Spirit can begin to move through you. It's possible. It's possible. But you've got to get hungry. You've got to get full of God. Let's, I'm gonna, let's go to John 7. John 7, I want you to see something. You, you, you might have heard this verse before, but I'm going to add a little bit more in that we might not have talked about out of this verse. John 7, verse 38, says this. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now, the very next verse, it's not up on the screen. Verse 39 says, but this he spoke concerning the spirit. In other words, when Jesus is talking about those rivers of living water flowing out of, and he says, he who believes in me. He's not, he's not limiting this to the leaders. This is for anyone who believes in him. That's you and me. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, out of his heart will flow, will flow. You see, he doesn't say, in your heart will remain a dam of water. He says, out of your heart. This is talking about things coming out of you, out of those who believe. This is talking, and, it's, and he says it's talking about the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit is where the power he's, he is. is, is <laughs> when the Holy Spirit shows up, that's when the power shows up. Put it that way. Over and over again in the Bible, the Holy Spirit and power are connected. But he talks about a flow a flow of water coming out of us, not just staying inside of us. I was looking up that, I, I, I was looking up that word river in the Greek. And I got excited. I thought, wow, I've never looked up that before, but it, it, it excited me. It says this, that word river, it does mean river. That's a correct translation, but it also means some other things. It means river. It also means flood, flood, flood of living water. It also means a torrent. I had to look. I had to go, go up to a dictionary and go and check what a torrent is. A torrent is something. It talks about an overwhelming surge of, or like an overwhelming flow and surge coming out. That's what a torrent is. I'm not talking about an internet torrent. I'm talking about the, the, the word before the internet was around. So that word can mean a river, but it can also mean a flood. Or it can mean a, a, like a, an overwhelming surge coming out of somebody. Out of your heart will flow floods of living water. Out of your heart will come an overwhelming surge of water. And I began to think about that. I mean, you know, rivers, rivers can be different sizes. You, can, you get river. I, it's, I, I don't think it's a coincidence God used this word. Because rivers can be different sizes. You can have a tiny little, eeny, eeny, weeny, tiny little river that, that, that flows. A tiny little river like this. A little stream that flows in and is like a little trickle of water. Or you can have something like, like the Amazon or the Nile, these mighty rivers, powerful rivers. See, this, this, this is what your spiritual life can be like. This is why I've been talking to people and I keep saying this. Get full of God. 
Many people, the, 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 the rivers that are coming out of them, the flow of the Holy Spirit coming out of them is like a tiny, any, any weeny little river. And believe me, it's good that something's coming out. But you can have more. We need, we need to fill up and fill up so that it, it starts to come to flood stage. And so that it's not just a trickle, a tiny little trickle flowing out of me. But come to the place where it becomes a flood. Imagine a river overflowing its banks, a mighty, and especially a mighty powerful river. Or imagine a, a surge of water just flowing down a river, just powerful force, of, almost like a tsunami coming down a river. See, rivers can have different strengths, different levels of flow out of them. And this is one of the differences between the people who've stepped into the miraculous and stepped into the supernatural and stepped into more of God. The average Christian, they've got a little tri trickle of tiny little river coming out of them. But there's people who spend time in the presence of God. There are believers who get full of the word of God, get full of the spirit of God, and they become a tidal wave, a surge, an overwhelming surge of the presence of God pouring through their lives. This is why I started. Point number one is that the miraculous happens through God's people. God uses people. People think revival is just going to suddenly appear. No, revival is going to happen through some, through individuals, through people, preferably through lots of people. As they become full of God. See, many people, many people wonder how is revival going to happen. They, the same ones when the revival happens, are going to look around and say, wow, I wonder how that happened. But as I've said to you in the last few weeks, there are people that become the, the instigators. They become the ones that God uses to pour out his spirit and God flows through their lives. You can become the vessel. Now, I want to I look at something else. The first thing is the people God uses. This is a little bit more of a teaching tonight because I believe we need to see some things. Let's go back to, let's go back to our verse in Mark 16 because I want you to see some things here. The first point is God uses us. He uses believers. He uses you as a vessel. And you can become a vessel where more and more and more of God flows through your life. But this is the next in Mark chapter 16 and verse 20 says this. And they went out and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them. Now, in fact, that word them, you don't see it on what I've put on the screen there. But that word them is in italics in most Bibles. And words that are in italics were added in by the translators. That's not, it's not in the original Greek. The translators put it in because they thought it, it gave more understanding to the passage. And sometimes it does, but other times it doesn't. The Lord working with them and confirming the word. See, the way it's written at the moment with the word then, it sounds like the word is the Lord is working with them, the, the preachers. But you take that word them out. It's not in the original Greek. You're not doing injustice to the word of God taking it out. It sounds like it comes across a bit different. The Lord working with and confirming the word. The Lord working with and confirming the word. Now that thought's in the passage, whether you've got them in there or not. The Lord working with them and confirming the word. But I want you to see the connection to the word. The word. The word. God works with and confirms his word. And this is one of the reasons the supernatural's not happened. Many people, they, they, they separate the word and the move of the spirit and the miraculous. They think miracles are something separate to the word of God. And it's one of the reasons we've not seen much of it. And I'm going to show you more scriptures about this because we need to begin to understand. And we need to begin to realize that the more word-based we become, the more word-based our preaching is the more of the miraculous we can step into. This is why this I've said to you, don't just get full of the Spirit, get full of the Word. See, people will hear what I preached two weeks ago and they'll think I only meant be full of the Spirit. And yeah, okay, you get some wonderful things getting full of the Spirit. But you see, in the day in which we live, and, and, and a lot of what this ministry, what I'm emphasizing right now, is that we're in a day where God is wanting to bring together the move of the Word and the move of the Spirit. Some Christians have had the move of the Spirit. Other Christians have had the move of the Word. 
And each of us individually as groups, the, the, the word group has had a move and a measure of the spirit amongst their midst. And the people who flow with the spirit, they've had a measure of the, the spirit moving in their midst. What will happen when we bring those two measures together? What will happen when we begin to realize that the word and the spirit can flow together? The measure of each group will combine into a far greater move in the measure of the Spirit of God. And this is why we need to begin to realize there's a connection. Notice what it says. They went out and preached. What were they doing? They were preaching. It doesn't just say God arrived and did miracles because God felt like doing miracles. The, pre the miracles were happening in connection to the preaching and the release and the ministering of the Word of God. They were preaching. And God began to confirm. That word confirm, there's some things we need to see in this. It's one of the reasons some people are not experiencing the miraculous. That word confirm, it, it, it means this. To confirm something is to establish it as true. If someone tells you something and says, yeah, I can confirm that, that's true. You are, you are establishing what they are saying. You are saying that, yes, what that person has said is true. Someone says, you know, I was, I, was, I, was, uh, I was home last night. You know, one of your kids says to you, I was home last night. And the parent says, I don't believe you. I think you were out with your friends. And I told you to be home. And then the brother comes in and he says, no, 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 he was home. I can confirm that. In other words, I am attesting to what he is saying that it is true. What does God confirm? He confirms the word. As we preach the word. He comes along and says, yes, I'm going to put my stamp of approval on the word that is being preached, on the word that is being presented. And that is God affirming that what is being preached is true and accurate. Someone says, I know, we don't see very many signs around here. Then we have to ask the question, is there anything for God to confirm? Are you preaching the word? <laughs> is what you're teaching the word? God confirms his word. God has not con committed himself to, confer to confirm human ideas. He has not committed himself to confirm religious opinions that are not from him. He is, not, he is under no obligation to confirm things that do not come from him and that are, do not originate from him. Preaching that is just based upon human ideas and human opinions. <coughs> He's under no obligation to, to, to confirm that. Let's see this in some other scriptures. Is, is this idea repeated? Yeah, it is. You better believe it is. We need to get a hold of this. We need to begin to realize that the word of God, the more, more word-based we become, the more our beliefs and the more we begin to build our lives on the word and preach the word from the pulpit. See, the enemy has done everything he can to keep the word of God out of the church. The enemy doesn't mind if you have a church, but you preach a lot of human ideas. It doesn't bother him. But when people begin to preach the word, that's when the persecution begins to arise. That's when the opposition. That's when people begin to try to stop you and write books about you and try to tear you down and write, write to you and tell you how they disagree with you and how angry they are at what you're preaching. <laughs> they don't mind it if you preach human ideas. You won't get persecuted for standing up in a church and saying, well, the Lord heals sometimes, and some, and you know, He doesn't really heal very much anymore. And you know, we just don't. Nothing really happens. No one will persecute you for that. No one will persecute you for that message, because that's a comfortable, cozy message. But when you stand up and you declare God is the healer and is the miracle worker, that's when the persecution comes. That's when the enemy arises and tries to stop it, because he doesn't want the word preached. <laughs> Jesus said you will have persecution. But the question is, if you're not having persecution, I'm wondering if you're preaching a word. I told you I'm going to be bold with some things here, and I'm still coming to that point. See, but sometimes people that people want to, 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 to their church to become comfortable and cozy and want it to become something that people, everyone's just comfortable there. And everyone's happy, and, and, and there's no challenging word going forth. And, you know, you know, we don't we don't want to stand up in our pulpit and bowl and say, you know, that God heals everybody because that might offend, you know, Joe Soap in the corner there who didn't get healed. He might get upset at that and not come back to church. 
And we hold back from preaching it and declaring the word of God for what it says. Because we are afraid of, of upsetting someone. Afraid it might offend someone who didn't get their prayers answered. This is why God's, God's, God's not going to confirm things that are not in line with his word. Look at Acts chapter 14, verse 3. It says, therefore, they stayed there a long time, speaking boldly. I'm going to come back to boldly in just a minute. It's something we've not seen in boldness. Speaking boldly in the Lord. So make note of that. Were they just speaking in the Lord? No, they were speaking boldly. Speaking boldly in the Lord, who was bearing witness to, to them? No, to the word, <clears throat> to the word of his grace, granting signs. Oh, here come the signs again. Here come the signs, granting signs and wonders. Well, in other words, that's how he was bearing witness to what? To the word, not their opinions. That's two. That's more than one verse now we've seen where God bears witness to the signs. To, uh, sorry, so to the word, the signs bear witness to the word. Let's look at another one. Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 4. Now, in the, in, from Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1, 2, and 3, it's, it's, it's talking about um, the word spoken. Us giving heed, the more earnest heed to the things we have heard. And he talks about verse 2, for if the word spoken, and it goes on, and it talks about uh, verse 3, the, the things which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord. This is the word, the word, the word, the things God said, what he has said in his word. That's verse 1, 2, and 3. And what does verse 4 come along? God also doing what? Bearing witness. Bearing witness. How? How did God put his confirmation on what, on, 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 on what was being said? He did it with signs and wonders. He did it by showing up in the miraculous. He did it by, by, by doing things and manifesting his presence. If we want more of the move of God, if we want more of the manifestation of the Spirit, if we want the more of the signs and the wonders, we need to preach, get, get more word-based. The enemy has done everything he can to fill the theology, Christian theology, with tradition, with man's opinion, with human ideas. He has done everything he can to water down the quality of the word. You see, we think God's, God, God stopped doing miracles. Actually, if you look at church history, the miracles began to die down in the church. Now, th there has always been a degree of the miraculous in the church. Okay. But for the large part, for the, for the, for a large amount of the, 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 the well-known church for, for hundreds and even over a thousand years, wasn't walking in the power of God in the miraculous. But a lot of that began to die down. Around the third or the fourth century, when the church doctrines began to change and they stopped teaching the word and began to teach man's idea and traditions. As the word was removed out of the church, the miraculous began to stop. People say, oh, you see, the, oh, the, you know, miracles don't happen anymore today. God doesn't do any miracles. No, 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 that's not the problem. The problem is we have not been, been a church that preaches the word. We've got to make sure that what we're preaching and teaching is in line with the word of God and it is in line with what God says in scripture. My notes keep crashing here while I'm trying to preach. Give me a moment. See, there's, there's some people, there's some, uh, there's some ministers. Yeah, people say this, they say, you know, oh, well, you know, I, I, I just can't, I can't preach the word in my church because, you know, people just not going to like it and, and someone might not come back. And, 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 you know, and if I boldly, if I get up in, in, the, in the pulpit and say, you know, that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is for today and God wants to pour out his spirit. Yeah, there are people they are not going to like that. And this is holding ministers back. There's some ministers. I'm, I'm, I, I had this on my heart and I'm going to say this out. There are, some, there are some priests. There are some ministers. There are some leaders of denominational churches that if you will have the courage to start teaching the word, God will begin to do something in that church. 
But sometimes they say, oh, but I'll lose my credentials. My denomination will kick me out. You know, that'll be the end of my ministry. No, 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 no. That'll be the start of your ministry. It'll free you from the shackles, free you from the bondage of preaching what someone else is trying to dictate to you to preach. And you begin to preach the word of God in the Bible and have the courage to step out and stand up and in the pulpit and say the Bible for what it is. And let's not change what the Bible says. Say, oh, yeah, we preach the word in our church. I've had people say that to me. And then I quote to them scriptures like this. Jesus said, whatever you ask the Father in my name, I will do it. And they're, they're, those people who just told me they preach the word, they'll say, oh, yeah, yeah, well, you know, it's not quite whatever. Excuse me? Did you just change the word? <laughs> we don't have the courage to say it like Jesus said it. God says, I will always give you the victory. I will always cause you to triumph. And someone says, yeah, but, you know, it doesn't always happen. You just change the word. You're not preaching the word. Have the courage. Have the, have the, have the honesty to begin to realize that we are adjusting. We have, we have made attempts to adjust the message. And we don't have the courage to preach it how the Bible says it. I'm trying to look at some of the comments here while I'm preaching as well. And I've just I've just seen and, and <clears throat> you know, yeah, like Caroline, you said, yes, brain damage healed in Jesus name. I agree with that. And that is something I specifically had on my heart. This is going to happen. You're going to see brains become normal brain cells, dead brain cells, damaged brain cells. As the power of God begins to hit people they're, they're, they're in a moment. And it might, sometimes it might be in a moment. Sometimes it might happen over a day or two. But brain damage is, is curable. You might not realize it. God can fix it. This is why I'm doing a series like this. Because I'm stir, I'm, I, I, I want to I pull us further into the things of God. Because the manifestation of God and the move of God and, and the demonstration of God has not been what it should be in, in our midst. And we need to see some of these connections and these factors that I've, that I've said. See, like I said, there's some people that don't have the courage to preach the word. They want to water it down. They want to make it comfortable. They want to make it user-friendly. Jesus' message was not user-friendly. There's times he said things when it made the crowd angry. There's times that he said things that they didn't like. In fact, I was reading the scripture earlier uh, when in my preparation where Jesus talked about people will hate you. <laughs> hate you. He said that more than once. He said people will hate you for what you preach. In fact, I'm going to go down in my notes. I want to read that scripture. And you see, sometimes there's some, there's some ministers, there's some priests. I'm, I keep saying priests. I don't normally say that, but I just, just keep, I really believe there are some priests of denominational churches. If you will break free from the fear of man, break free from the fear of your denomination, break free from trying to please and impress your congregation and start teaching the word. You will open the door for the spirit of God to begin to move in that place. And I know I've got an international audience here, but I am, I am at the stage in my life where I believe that it is time for the miraculous and the supernatural demonstration of the Spirit of God to break forth in the United Kingdom and, in, and, in, and across Europe. But in order for this to happen, the Word of God is going to have to take do dominance and have to rise up. We're going to have to have the courage to preach the Word of God for what it is. Break free from the shackles of tradition and human opinion that has tried to water down and take control of the scriptures. Say it for what it is. Here's the scripture, Matthew 6, he said, verse 22. He says, blessed are you when men hate you and when they exclude you and revile you and cast your, out your name as evil for the Son of Man's sake. Why would he say something like that? If you're trying to make everybody comfortable in your church and, 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 everybody, and everybody in your community happy and comfortable with you and you want to have a nice little cozy little church that everybody's happy with and nobody dislikes you for what you preach, I have to wonder whether you're preaching the word of God. In the Old Testament, they rose up against the prophets who spoke the word of God and they wanted to kill some of them. They did kill some of them. John 15 and verse 8. 
John 15 and verse 8 says this, if the world hates you, hate, doesn't just say mildly dislikes. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. <laughs> that makes me wonder. If everybody loves you around you, I have to wonder whether you're of God or if you're of the world. <laughs> People say, oh, you're saying some really strong things tonight, Owen. Yeah, I'm going to say them stronger. I'm going to rise up in boldness and courage to speak out the word of God. God did not hold back in his word. You know what happened? I'm going to read you this out of John 6. John chapter 6. This, is, this happened in Jesus' ministry. John chapter 6, verse 41 says, Then the Jews, sorry, the Jews then complained about him. They complained about Jesus because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. Jesus said something. They didn't like it. He said, I'm the bread which came down from heaven. And they went around. They complained. They said, I didn't like him saying that. They got upset about it. Notice down a few verses, verse 60. Therefore, many of his disciples, when they heard this, said, this is a hard saying. Some of the things Jesus said were hard. And even his disciples said, oh, that's a hard one. This is a hard saying. Who can understand it? Verse 61, then Jesus knew in himself that his disciples complained about this. They didn't like what he said. Jesus, Jesus was not here to please man. He was here to please the Father. He was here to give the message that God wanted to give, whether people liked it or not. And he didn't water it, water it down and pamper it and cushion it and make it nice and cozy for everybody. He said what needed to be said, and he had the boldness and the courage to say how, it got, what, how God wanted it said. And then in verse 66, it says, from that time, many of his disciples, not a few, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. <laughs> they didn't like some things he said, and they, they said, I'm not, I'm, I'm not associating with that guy anymore. They walked away from him. If you don't have, if you do not have the courage to lose some people and you're trying to hold on to everybody and make sure everybody's happy, if you don't have the, I'm, I, I believe I'm speaking this out to some people. We've got some wonderful viewers here, but some of the things I'm saying, yeah, I'm going to speak out to preachers and pastors and priests and leaders. If you don't have the courage to say, to, to, to upset some people because you are speaking the truth, God's not going to be able to use you. If you don't have the courage to be hated by some people, then you're never going to step into the supernatural. If you don't have the courage to say, I am going to say what the word, I'm not talking here about being, just speaking out your own opinion and people not liking you for that. There's some people that are just loud mouths and, they, and their opinion. I'm talking about the word, speaking the word of God and having the boldness to say what the word of God says, the way it is said. If you don't have the courage and the boldness to say it, how God wants it said, then you're never going to step into the supernatural. And, you, and, and, and God's not going to be able to use you. If you don't have the courage for some people to not like what you say. Now notice this. I, I'm going a little bit longer tonight, but I think I just need to finish this point, if that's all right. Well, it is all right. <laughs> I'm not trying to be... <laughs> you can tune out if you want <laughs> Okay, I want to show you this next point. I want to show you that the, the first thing is this, vessels. If we're going to have the supernatural, God moves through us. He moves through vessels. He moves through people, people who are full of him, full of the word, full of the spirit. The second thing is this, God, miracles happen to confirm the word. The word and the spirit must flow together as we teach the word, as we speak the word, as we teach the truth of the word. God can move. Here's the third point. The third point is this. Boldness. Boldness. We've not seen the connection between this and the supernatural. Over and over again, I believe there is a connection between boldness and the manifestation of God. Boldness with what? Boldness to preach the word. That's why these points are connected. See, especially in Europe, especially in, in England, 
We, 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 we hold back. We're very apologetic to people. We don't want to say something that upsets or rocks the boat a little bit. Now, there are other cultures, yeah, where you don't mind doing that. But, you know, us, 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 we hold back. We've got to, oh, we've got to tiptoe. We don't want to upset anyone. Don't want to, you know, don't want to offend anyone. Over and over in the Bible, signs and wonders and miracles are connected to boldness. Boldness. Let's look at this verse. This is the prayer. This is what the apostles prayed. The church, Acts chapter 4, verse 29. They've just been threatened. They've just been persecuted. They've just been threatened and told, you stop preaching about Jesus. And they turned to God. And they said, now look. Now, Sorry, now Lord, look on their threats. And grant to your servants that with all boldness, boldness, they may speak your word. Notice again, boldness to speak the word. That's what their prayer was. Then they prayed for the supernatural. First of all, they prayed, God, give us boldness to speak the word. Then they prayed for the supernatural. Verse 30 says this, by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Now notice this. Some people are praying for the miracles. They're praying for the signs and wonders, but they're not connecting it to the word. That's, my, that's the point I just made a moment ago. Now, oh God, moved by signs and wonders. But there's no hunger in their lives for the word of God. They don't want the word preached in their pulpit. They just want signs and wonders. The apostles understood the word and the signs and wonders go together. That's why they first prayed, give us boldness to preach the word. And then they prayed, Lord, stretch out your hand to do signs and wonders. Did God, did God answer this prayer? What happened? Verse 31. When they had prayed, the place where they were assembled was sh- together was shaken. God showed up. And they were filled, all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. Now, that word boldness is not talking about bold behavior and bold actions. The, the original Greek word there, that word boldness, specifically refers to boldness in your speaking with what you say. It's not talking about it being, not this word. There's other words in the Bible for boldness. This word here is referring to boldness of speech. Having the courage to say something in line with the word, the way the word says it. This is why these points, the word and the courage, the boldness go together. See, as long as, as long as we are apologetic about the word, as long as we feel we can't, you know, I can't quite say something because they're not going to like it. That lacks boldness. That's the fear of man. And we already saw, I read Acts 14, verse 3. I'll read it again because the one I told you to make note of. Therefore, they stayed, 14, 3, 3. Therefore, they stayed there a long time speaking boldly. Speaking there, connected to boldness, speaking boldly in the Lord. What happened when they spoke boldly in the Lord? It says, God was bearing witness to the word, granting signs and wonders. We've got to become bold with the word of God. We've got to have the boldness and uh, to, to speak out the word of God and to say it how God says it. This is talking about a boldness in our words. Being bold with the word of God. And in fact, that word bold means unashamed and frank. We need a a, a generation to arise of people who will say the word how it needs to be said. As I said, I'm not talking about just boldness with your own opinions. I'm talking about making sure you are in the word and what you are being bold with is what God says and it's what the word of God says. There's other scriptures we could read as well. Acts chapter 19. I'll read this one. Verse 8 and then verse 11. They're right next to each other. Verse verse 8 says, and he went into the synagogue and did what? Spoke boldly. Did he just stand up and then say, well, you know, I got a new message and you guys might not have heard it. And, you know, if you don't like it, it's all right. I won't come back. And, you know, if there's anything I say that you don't like, just let me know and I won't say it next week, you know. There's some, pre- there's some preachers that are afraid if they preach the word of God, the tithes, the people will stop giving their tithes. People will stop putting in the offerings. And oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lose my church. And I and, and you know, no one, and we're gonna we're not gonna have bills to pay, and no one's and the people are gonna withdraw their tithes and they're not gonna put the money in. 
See, you're a servant of money, not a servant of God, if that's your thinking. You're a servant of man. You're, you, you, you're caught up in the fear of man. And you're not going to speak the word of God boldly. There are pastors you need to break free. There are preachers you need to break free from being controlled by people in the financial realm. People in the church who, who are controlling what you preach because they put the biggest offering in your church. And they'll get offended and they won't like it if you stand up in the pulpit and say, the Lord God heals everybody. And so I'm not putting my tithes in the church because, you know, I'm, I don't believe God heals everybody. And I prayed once and I didn't get healed. And now, you know, I'm not putting my tithes in this church in the, anymore. And the preacher goes, oh, no, I'm sorry. I, I won't preach it anymore next week. That lack of boldness is shutting down the move of God. And it is time that people begin to rise up and have the boldness to say the word of God like it is like it should be said. Not watering it down, not 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 taking away from it. In the like I said, in Europe, the UK and Europe, UK especially, there's a lack of boldness in the church to speak the word of God. Even preachers, they don't like it when a preacher. I get, I get, I've had, I've had, I don't even have a massive ministry yet, and I already get people sending me hate emails. Preachers, oh, I don't want to associate with your ministry because you believe God heals everybody. Yeah, I do, and I have the boldness to say it. I'm not going to back down. <laughs> We need to have the boldness. We need to. Yes, as, as my mom just said, are we willing to pay the price? Are we willing to pay the price? Are you willing? Are you willing to lose your church members? Because you have the courage to stand up in a pulpit and preach the word of God. Are you willing to for, for someone to pull their tithes and their offerings out of that church? Because you stand up and you say the word of God for what it's for, for what it says. Because if you're not, God's not going to be able to move through. You can you can say you're praying for revival all you like, but if you are under the control of man and do not have the boldness to speak the word of God, you're going to find yourself not uh, not being used by God as He moves. You'll become swept aside as irrelevant in the church. That is not as a person. God loves you as a person, but in your message in your church, as God's getting ready to move. But it's time we begin to rise up with boldness. Say the word of God like it needs to be said. Jesus did not, did, he wasn't afraid to say to people when things went wrong. He said, and people go, oh, you know, you know, here's Peter. He's just been walking on the water and then he sinks. They get back into the boat and Peter says, oh, Jesus, I just don't understand. I don't know why it didn't work. This is what Christians, I don't know why my prayer didn't work. And Jesus sits next to Peter on the boat and says, well, you know, maybe, may, maybe God just decided that you were going to sink this week. No, Jesus didn't say that. He had the He turned to Peter and said, "Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt?" You say things like that to people these days; they get offended. Oh, I don't want to go to that church anymore. He told me I don't have any faith. <laughs> he pointed the finger where it needed to be pointed. He had the courage to say that things didn't work in your life because because of this reason or because of that reason. We'd rather a comfortable gospel where we blame God for everything. But it is time. And I, I trust you get the idea of what I'm saying. But I wanted to drive this home. I wanted to stir this up, that there is a boldness that needs to arise, a boldness with the word of God. If we're going to step into the realm of signs and wonders and begin to have God flow and move and confirm his word, then we need to have the courage to say his word like he says it. We need to have the courage to, 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 to strip away the, the traditions and the human opinions and speak out the word of God the way God once had said. God will confirm his word. God will back his word up. God, there, God has never failed his word. When you stand on the word of God, now, this is a bold statement. There are people that, oh, no, but I stood on the word of God and things didn't work. God has never failed his word. God has not failed a promise that he has made. We need to become persuaded about this. Oh, but no, I, you know, I, I stood on a promise and things didn't happen. No, no, don't, don't blame God for that. Let's, let's begin to understand our side where some things didn't work. But when we begin to blame, say, oh, well, God doesn't keep his promises and God doesn't always keep his word, we are questioning him. And then we wonder why he's got nothing to confirm. Because he affirms his word. Let's have the courage to say the word of God like it is said in the word of God.
and preach a God who keeps his word, a God who honors his promises, a God of integrity who is faithful and just, and a God who moves, and a God who heals people and answers prayers and moves and touches people's lives and baptizes people in the Holy Spirit. Amen? So we're, getting, we're still talking about some more things, but I just really had it on my heart today to really begin to, to, to talk about some of these areas and to show that connection between the miraculous. There are people who think that mir miracles are just going to break out by themselves. They're going to the God. God is wanting people to rise up in the word of God so that he can begin to confirm his word. Say, yes, what they are preaching is true. And I'm going to show it by doing miracles. And have the boldness to speak out the word of God. Amen. And have the courage to step out. Have the courage to put yourself out on a limb and where, where God has to got to come through for you. You stand, like I said, some people, you stand up in your pulpit and you begin to say, I'm going to preach the baptism of the Holy Spirit, even if they've told me I can't preach it in this church. Have the courage to say, God, I'm going to, if they throw me out of this church, you're going to have to come through for me. But I am going to preach your word. And you watch, God will take care of you. God will move in your life. God will open up other doors of ministry. He'll open up other opportunities. He'll bring the money in other ways if you trust him. If you have the courage to say, I'm going to break free from the shackles of man's control and the fear of man, and I'm going to be a representative of God on this planet, you'll find God will begin to move you. Amen. He'll begin to use you. I've seen a lot of comments here, but 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 uh, I'll read those afterwards because I've just been preaching away here tonight. But I really believe God wants to do some things. And this is why I'm preaching this series, because it is time that we start to step into the manifest presence of God in our lives as a church. Things have been held back. Things have been held back in individual Christians' lives because they have lacked the boldness to, to, to believe the word of God for what it says. And the enemy has tried to say, oh, no, you can't believe the Bible. You can't hold that. But it's not until you really begin to become persuaded. The word of God is what it is. And it says what it says. And I believe it how it says it. It's not until you become bold enough in your own life to stand on that and say, I will never question God. I will never question that God fulfills his promises. I am convinced that God is a promise keeper and he will move in my life. It's not until you begin to take that stand in your personal life and reach that level of conviction in the word of God. That you'll begin to find things happen in your life. Amen. So anyway, I could I can preach on for another hour here. But um, let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you. I thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the manifestation of the supernatural power of God. Father God, I thank you that you confirm your word and your spirit moves and your power moves. And we open our hearts up. Father God, I thank you. And we expect the miraculous. We expect things to happen. We expect eyes to open. We expect brains to be healed in the name of Jesus. It is, we're going to have this happen. I'm not putting it off way in the future. I thank you for the manifestation of the miraculous in people's lives, Lord God. And I believe in a God who can do anything. I believe in a God who is not limited. His power is not limited. He can fix brain cells. He can, he can grow legs. He can transform minds. People have been born with birth defects. It's time some of those things, we're going to start seeing miracles happen that are going to start, and they're going to bring changes in situations like that. Because God is a God who does miracles, and his power is available to throw, flow through his church and through believers in Jesus' name. And let's begin to expect more out of him. Begin to expect more out of him. And Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus that the people that are listening, that you do miracles in their lives, Father God. Father God, we stand in agreement. The people who are listening to this right now, I, Father God, I ask right now that your power will begin to touch people, healings and miracles. And that, you, Lord God, I'm not trying to impress anyone for me. So we put our trust in you. And I thank you, Father God, that as we boldly declare who you are as the healer, I thank you that you show up and you heal. As we boldly declare you as the God who will provide for, for, for people, I thank you that you show up and you provide and you move in their lives. And we expect that. We're not going to place any limitations on you anymore, Father God. I'm not going to limit my faith. I'm not going to look at things and say, I don't see how God can do it. I'm going to believe God can do anything he said he can do. 
And I know you will in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, God bless you. As you can see, I've, I've, I really had some things burning in my heart tonight. But I, I've, I, I believe I've seen this with boldness. It is over and over again in the book of Acts. It says they preach boldly. And Paul even wrote and he said to people, pray and ask that I will ask God to, that I will preach the word boldly. They knew that the bold preaching, the bold, uncompromising preaching of the word of God was essential for the church. For us to be able to step in. As long as we have this apologetic, hold back fear of saying things that the word says, we're not going to step into some things. So let's get free in this area. Amen. God bless you all. And I thank God that he works in your lives and he touches your, your lives and moves in your lives this week. And I appreciate people sharing this message as well. Thank you very much. And uh, we will see you again uh, next. Let me say this just before we close, but I know some people might be really be click clicking end uh, next Tuesday. Teaching is at the same time, don't worry. But I want to, I, I want, I'd like us to do a once a month prayer meeting online. So I'm just at seven o'clock. We're going to spend some time and pray online. So I just want to ask if people are around, if you're able to join us an hour earlier so we can do some praying, then you're welcome to. If you can't, it's okay. The, the preaching will still be at the same time, but just an hour earlier, I want to spend some time and pray if people can join us an online prayer meeting that's on my heart. So just letting you all know. God bless you. Thank you very much. And uh, we will see you all again next week.